like school is all made up, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And this whole thing, does it really matter? Like yeah. ultimately, if someone is like having a physical challenge or a mental challenge or an emotional challenge, like what's, how important is doing those steps this day? I think the value of dancing is it's a way of communicating. I mean, I said dance is a language, mm-hmm. right? There's so many ways that we express ourselves. Painters mm-hmm. express themselves. Mm-hmm. Musicians express themselves. Um, the value is it just like another way of knowing, another way of seeing, another way of communicating. Yeah. I'm really creative, and I think that I sometimes my non sequiturs and my randomness actually brings some joy to the world because mm-hmm. I'm like not afraid to act like a chicken in the middle of the day. And not everyone with ADD wants to act like a chicken in the <laughs> middle of the day, but <laughs> I think it's my, my brain sort of like jumping into different things. Hello and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Zhao. And today I'm very lucky to be joined by 26-year director of dance program and also the chair of Department of Performing Arts, Gretel Schatz. Gretel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad well, to be here. <laughs> welcome to the studio. So I'm just going to ask you the first question straight away. Why did you decide to become a dance teacher? Um, that's a question I get often and I kind of evolved into it. I grew uh-huh. up dancing since I was probably three years old. My mom was a dance teacher. She owned a dance studio. And I never was a kid who said, I want to go take a dance class mm-hmm. or I want to be dancing. I think there's some kids, they grow up and they're like, oh, I want to join this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just something I always did. It was something that my sister did, my mother did. Mm-hmm. And I danced quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, And when I was probably 10 or 11 years old, I started assisting dance classes. Mm. So my mom would have... Already? Yeah. My mom would have these classes of, you know, different kids who are maybe a little younger than me, and I would be her assistant. So Mm. I have some early memories of, you know, the kids who couldn't quite get the step, and I would bring them out into the hallway and work one-on-one. So that was like my earliest (laughs) dance teaching experience. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was maybe a senior in high school, Mm -hmm. I had my own teen um, beginner jazz class that I taught at my mom's dance school. And so I was teaching a class, and I think there were like eight students. They were like Mm -hmm. 13, 14, Mm -hmm. um, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I was doing my own dance training all that time, but Mm -hmm. that was my first kind of experience of being in charge of someone's actual dance learning experience. Mm -hmm. Then I went to college and was like, yeah, I don't want to be a dancer my mom's a dancer, my sister's a dancer, I need to do my own thing. And hmm. so I actually took some time off from school and then went back, you know, I lived in Colorado for a while, came back to Massachusetts and then was like, uh, maybe I'll take a dance class. <laughs> Went out, you know, so I was, you know, in a liberal arts um, program at mm-hmm. actually the community college right down the street, mm. um, Greenfield Community College. And they started a dance program and I was like, uh, maybe I'll take a class. Mm-hmm. And then my teacher was like, maybe you want to choreograph something. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And then the next semester I took all the classes and then <laughs> I ended up transferring. Um, when I finished there, when I got my associate's degree, I auditioned and I auditioned into the BFA program at UMass, which has like more of a conservatory program within the big university. Mm. And 
did that. So, and all along, the way I was paying my bills was by by teaching dance classes. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I had, I was also a nanny and I cleaned hotel rooms and I, mm -hmm. you know, I worked at an ice cream store and I did all sorts of things, but mm -hmm. I could always count on like my Monday night, I would go teach a bunch of dance classes and, you know, mm -hmm. so that was something yeah. I did. So then anyway, I, I when mm -hmm. I was in college, I was always, you know, juggling some different jobs, but teaching dance was always part of it. Um, and then when I got out of college, I was like, I actually don't want to go. I'm not the kind of person that like, I like, I like to know what's coming. I like order. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, you know, I, mm -hmm. I went to college with a lot of people are like, I'm going to move to New York and try to make a life of it. Or I'm going to do this or yeah. have this sort of artistic thing. And I'm like, I just really wanted to have health insurance. Cause like I'd never had <laughs> health insurance my entire life. Um, but there's not a lot of dance jobs that like, that's a definite. So mm -hmm. this job here at mm -hmm. NMH opened up and I applied and I was like, wow, I could actually like teach dance and go to the dentist. <laughs> um, which I realized like that was my, my own like sort of, um, background of not having enough growing up and like yeah. feeling like what's a way for me to be a dancer and also have like stability and structure yeah. in a career. Stability, yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's kind of how I became a dance teacher. I mm -hmm. never had a moment of like, my dream and my passion is dance. It's just something that's always been there. Just always been there. Yeah. And okay. the, like the time that I wasn't dancing in college and I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a women's studies major or maybe I'll do sociology and, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was fine. But then when I started dancing again, I'm like, oh, this is actually the language I speak. Yeah. This is the thing that I feel like I have many different ways of being and um, living in. So, yeah. So have you ever thought of being becoming a professional dancer yourself or you've always just, you're fine with just teaching dancing? Um, I have definitely, I, the word professional is, is tricky. I think anytime you're a professional, yeah. anything, it means you get paid to do it. Yeah. Right. Like, so before I would actually, so like, <laughs> maybe you can edit that out. Thinking about being a professional dancer is mm -hmm. I've been paid for dancing since I was 17 years old. Oh, really? Right. And whether that's teaching a class or performing in something. Mm -hmm. And so to make a world of being a professional dancer, most people, when they first get started, they are, you know, they might be getting paid for gigs here and there. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're, you know, going for, through apprenticeship through like a mega ballet school or something. Yeah. Um, so, but my desire to be a teacher was based on this is something that I know that has sort of stability and stability, structure yeah. and I know that I'll get paid right um, yeah. in a and, regular yeah. way rather than doing sort of like freelance gigs here and there. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely done that. I've written a lot of grants and I've, if you're a freelance person, you do this 1099 form for your taxes where like if I'm going to perform at this thing or I'm going to choreograph something for another group, I'll get paid for that. Mm. Um, so in addition to my teaching at NMH or teaching at a dance school. Uh, but it's separate and it it's it really depends. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that idea of being yeah. a professional dancer. I think the world has this idea like you go to New York, you're in American Ballet Theater or you are in Alvin Ailey Company and like that's how you become a professional dancer. Mm -hmm. And really that's only a tiny percentage of people who are working in the dance field. Yeah. People might be working, you know, for different events or different, um, you know, schools or performances or festivals and getting paid um 
you know, similar to like a musician might do. Yeah, right? definitely. And you personally just didn't like the, um, in, not in the insecurities or, or of that job as a dancer, right? I knew that or, I didn't, yeah. yeah, sorry, I have to cut you off, but I, I knew that I did not want to have, uh, like, make dance something that I had to go find for mm. myself while I was doing another job in order to pay my bills. Yeah. Um, in that get go. So like right from, from the get go, I knew that teaching was something I enjoyed Mm -hmm. and I valued teaching as Mm -hmm. an art and I valued Mm -hmm. the relationship and also the creation in it. So I'm a dance teacher, but I get to make a lot of art. Like I get to make so many pieces and be creative and be an artist within the structure of having a school job. Um, Do Do you think you enjoyed that more than dancing? I actually don't really, I love performing. I don't like being in other people's rehearsals. Really? Yeah. You just like to do... I like being in charge. being in charge and being in control. Yeah. No, (laughs) I I think I collaborate well, but I have, and I say this to my students, I have a very hard time um, remembering movement. It takes me a long time to learn movement and then to do it. Once I have it, I'm good. But my learning style makes it really hard for me to learn movement on the spot in the way that I expect my students to. And, and they train to learn things yeah. on the spot. So that <laughs> is not a great, that's just not super fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I is, like, yeah, so I like choreographing. Mm-hmm. So like I can make things and create things and then think about dancers as, you know, they are the paint. And mm. although they're way more dimensional. Than <laughs> <paint>. <laughs> um, but that, that act of collaboration and creation. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a happier place than me for me to learn someone else's movement and then repeat it and perform it. Yeah. Where some people really like that process and that's not really for me. Yeah. What do you think the value of dancing is? Um, I think the value of dancing is, it's a way of communicating. I mean, I said dance is a language, mm-hmm. right? There's so many ways that we express ourselves. Painters mm-hmm. express themselves. Mm-hmm. Musicians express themselves. Um the value is it just like another way of knowing, another way of seeing, another way of communicating. Mm. And how do you communicate through dance? I mean, it's kind of hard to explain with words at times because, yeah. you know, dance is such a, like, a, it's a physical activity yeah. and there's not a lot of words it, within yeah. dance. Yeah, you know? I mean, dance can be really narrative. Like, you can tell a story about there was this guy named Channon and he had a podcast and this is the dance that he made. Mm. And... You know, it could be really, like, if you go see The Nutcracker or something that's very narrative, like, mm-hmm. there's a, a person, and they get a, a toy, and they go on this journey, um, and it can be really abstract, and it can be also less, like, here's what I want to say. So, mm-hmm. if you've seen the NMH Dance Company perform, yeah, in the fall, they did a piece called Stuck, that's the one we brought to the National Festival, mm-hmm. and it was really an exploration and an abstraction of a lot of different ideas of personal experiences of feeling stuck in something. Mm-hmm. So it's a way for the dancers to process emotions and feelings and what's happening in the world and a mm-hmm. way to discuss it. Mm-hmm. That's not about, you know, having a verbal interchange. Mm-hmm. And it's also a way for audiences to see something and maybe see themselves in it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when you listen to a piece of music and you're, you hear the lyrics and you're like, oh, I can relate to that. Yeah. And sometimes we can see things, we can see relationships, we can see mm. dynamics, we can feel something without necessarily having words to it. Um, mm. so that's how it can communicate. 
Yeah, that's true. Because um, there's actually a scientific research that shows that communication is probably only 15% of words and the rest 85% is other things. Well, I mean, there are also like tones or, yeah. but a lot of, a lot a major part is body language. Right. And your body language can actually uh, communicate a lot. But would the challenge, with the challenge of that, and you, not necessarily challenge, but the uniqueness part of that would, um, dance could be really abstract, right? And different people can have different interpretation on different movements, right? Mm -hmm. So when you choreograph, do you, and the movements that you have, do you have like associate words or associate meanings with each movement or you just sort of go with the feel for each? Um, it's more of a generalized thing. Mm. So you might make a dance that's based on specific words, but mm -hmm. for, so the piece that I was talking about before stuck, um, I had the dancers work with a situation in their life where they felt like they were limited in their choices mm -hmm. and they'll write about it. They'll talk about it. They'll talk with each other. They'll just process it. And then mm -hmm. they'll make some movement based on the feeling or maybe gestures that come out of it that mm -hmm. are, could be literal, but might not be literal. Mm -hmm. So that way of making a movement might come from a feeling rather than a gesture that means a word. Mm. And you put it next to another dancer, and then there's a whole relationship that might build from that. Mm, I see. Yeah, and and each person can have a different way of communicating the exact same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember yeah. watching that with your project, um, uh, with the student project and that class, the you know, your B block class. Moving conversations. Moving conversations, yeah. right? Yeah, and I I was just saying, yeah, because there could be like a theme. Mm -hmm. But then everyone will be doing different things. Mm -hmm. But then you can see a theme and, yeah. and uh, of people communicating the same yeah. thing. And I think that's that's really interesting. And so how do you sort of approach teaching dance? And mm -hmm. what is your way of, you know, because there are so many different styles of yeah, dance. And absolutely. Go, you know, like jazz and tap dance right. and hip hop and um ballet. You know, how, how do you, did, first of all, did you learn every single type of dance? Mm. Yeah, so there are so many types of dance, and I only know a few of them, <laughs> right? Like, I grew up doing ballet and tap and jazz, and then I did modern, and then I did some West African, and then I've, you know, I've, I've gotten more, you think about mu speaking multiple languages. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many dance forms, and the dance forms that I know are, like, Eurocentric, and then, like, jazz and tap are American traditions, mm -hmm. Um that are African-rooted traditions that then become part of, like, the jazz experience at, or the jazz experience or the jazz tradition mm -hmm. in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and I've also, you know, I've done some West African dance, which has been definitely part of the way that I move now. Mm -hmm. um, but to think about, there's so many different ways of dancing. Yeah. And what we teach here is, like, you know, it's pretty limited in the yeah. world. <laughs> um, but if you look at, like, you know, where most, like, dance programs, like, w what they teach, what I learned is generally what I teach. Mm -hmm. So, like, how do I do that? It depends on what I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. So um, that B-Block class is moving conversations, and it's really like a survey of dance. We started with some modern dance. I did some choreography. Then we did a jazz thing. We did some Lindy Hop. Mm -hmm. um, and what you heard today, <laughs> we were yeah. doing um, Gahun, which is a, a dance from Ghana yeah, that I um, 
um, working with Smitty on some of the percussion stuff. And so they were learning the drum parts. That's what you heard through the wall today. That's why. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's not like a ballet class, right? Mm -hmm. So when I teach a ballet class, there's a very clear structured order. We start with plies, which is a fancy name for bending your knees. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then we do tendus and we work on where your arms are going. And yeah, there's, it's very codified and specific. Like we have position one, two, three, four, and each step has a specific name. Mm-hmm. In another tradition, there might be a move that looks similar, but it has a different name. Mm, I see. So my way of teaching, I think about so much of teaching is about relationship and making students mm-hmm. feel comfortable. Yeah, definitely. That's like the first and most important thing. Mm-hmm. Before anyone even like steps on their right foot mm-hmm. <laughs> is to just come up, like create a space where people know they're going to be moving. They're mm-hmm. going to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like giving students structured technique mm-hmm. as like language, if we're mm-hmm. going to go back to the word thing, yeah, like these are the words. Mm-hmm. This is how you put them in a sentence. Mm-hmm. This is how you put them in a paragraph. Mm-hmm. Oh, put them all together. You have an essay and you have a dance. Mm. Right. So starting from like building blocks and then making it more, um, like students are just going to learn, and it's just like learning a language. If you go into a German class, you've never you're going to learn some verbs, some nouns. You're going to learn how yeah. to put the sentence together. Um, we do that in dance too. Interesting. And speaking of you, you sort of teaching all these different types of dance dances, and for example, the the Ghanaian dance today. Do you have to constantly learn different dance moves, and so that you you're able to teach these? Yeah, um, so like in modern and ballet and jazz and tap, I've been doing those things my whole life, so I don't really have to learn how to do a lot of new things. Like sometimes there's like, I don't know, certain leaps or tricks I've never done, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I can help students learn how to do them, but I don't don't need to learn how to do those things, Mm -hmm. like for my my own body. Like I can help other people learn them, but so I don't, I don't feel like they're new, like, technical things in those worlds that I'm learning. Um, The piece Cajun that I'm teaching to my class that I learned in Ghana is a specific set piece, Mm. right? It's not a, we're going to try this. There's like, there's an A section, a B section, and Mm -hmm. we go through it. And Mm -hmm. it's like specific to the music and the singing that goes at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm always wanting to learn new stuff. Yeah, definitely. You you seem seem so energetic. Yeah, I always want to learn new stuff. Uh Um, and sometimes I just, like, want to, like, I don't know, play, like, a game on my phone. But I also <laughs> want to, you know, like, I'm human. I want to, yeah, like, just course. chill on my couch and, Balance, like, watch yeah, TV yeah, definitely, or something. Definitely. Yeah, But, yeah, like, in terms of the dance, like, I realize my experience in dance is really small. Mm-hmm. And people will say, oh, you know, I don't know. It's a pet peeve of mine when people say, oh, I'm classically trained. And I just want to be like, well, in which tradition? <laughs> like, there's so many traditions. Yeah, True. You know, people think that's ballet. I'm like, okay, well, that's one classical tradition. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like classical Indian dance is a whole completely different other tradition. Definitely. Yeah. And what are some challenges that you face in teaching dances? I think, like, the actual, like, in the class with students. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's pretty, I think I'm... I think I've got it down. (laughs) I think more than anything, it's really if a student is having a hard time with other things and it makes it harder for them to be sort of open in class, Mm -hmm. that can be challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the bigger 
like the bigger picture <laughs> is that dance and a lot of arts aren't valued mm. in society. Like they're seen as an add-on or they're seen as um, less important um, mm. in, in different realms. There's some cultures that hold dance, music, theater, visual art, like high, high up. And there are others mm. that don't value it quite as much. So that I think is the most challenging thing. Mm. Um, I have some students mm -hmm. who really want to study dance in college. Yeah. Like that's really what they want to do. But there's mm -hmm. this perception of they're not going to be able to meet their needs um, financially or it's not seen as an honorable profession to go into. Mm -hmm. And so that's a challenge working with those students whose parents mm -hmm. are like, you can't follow your passion. Yeah. But I don't know, someone who's really passionate about going into like music and then they be become an accountant. Like, I don't know. Mm. Are they going to be happy being an accountant? Yeah. Or are they? <laughs> yeah. No, and this, of course, Jan and I understand is connected to me at the beginning of our conversation saying mm. I wanted structure and stability. Mm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's a classist thing also. Yeah. Because like people who like I did not grow up with money. Yeah. So dancing and going to college for dance mm -hmm. was like upward mobility for me. Mm -hmm. And then for other folks their families or society might think, oh, being an artist is downward mobility, mm. right? So I think depending on your background and, like, what different um, cultures value, yeah. it, can, it, can, it can shift. No, definitely. I, I could talk about yeah. that forever. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I totally relate to that, too, and I totally understand. Because, for example, for, from where, I've, where I'm from, China, you know, everything's about academics, and everything apart from academics is seen as um, a distraction in some sense. Yeah. I mean, you know, we still exercise because exercise is scientifically proven to benefit your brain. So you should exercise mm -hmm. or do, do, do some art so that you are keeping yourself creative or having fun. But they're all seen as like leisure. Yeah. <laughs> but they're yeah. not seen as like a viable career path. Right. Unless, you know, you, your, your family does this or, like, there's mm -hmm. connections. And, or, you know, we, we always do this as a side thing. But, mm -hmm. yeah. but, yeah, but like you were saying that dance could actually, dance is actually really important. But so why do you think dance is that important? And why should people put more emphasis on dance? I'm not interested in people being forced to do. That's true, yeah. Dance, right? Like, mm -hmm. if, if someone forced me to go play lacrosse right now, I would <laughs> be not a happy camper. <laughs> like, I don't do the, like, spheres being thrown near yeah. by. Like, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. And for That's some true. folks, dancing just doesn't make sense for them. Like, mm -hmm. like I, if I were be, you know, if someone put me on the lacrosse field and, like, suited me up and gave me the, the equipment... I would be so uncomfortable and so freaked out and panicked. And for some people going into a dance studio, that's the same, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I think people need a lot of ways of seeing the world reflected that might be in a book, might be in a poem, might be in a TikTok, might be <laughs> on a painting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers the question about like why to emphasize it. Yeah, no, I mean, but what is your personal take on it? What, what's your personal take on the importance of dance? My personal take on the importance of dance is that it's another way of knowing. It's another way of being. It's mm. like another dimension. Dimension. Yeah. What, what, you ever get a, you ever, ever get a song stuck in your head? 
Definitely. Right? It's like stuck in your head. Yeah. I knew you were trouble. Right? <laughs> Sorry, I just Shame put that in your head. Me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen course. the one with the goats? With what do you mean? Oh, just sometime in your free time, Google Taylor Swift trouble goats. <laughs> Life changing. Life changing. Yeah. Um, but oh, you get that down. stuck in your head, and maybe it just is this idea, this movement, this something that's happening in your head, and it gets stuck in your head. I get movement stuck in my body. Mm. I get. <laughs> I was doing something in the. I was doing something in the rack earlier today. <laughs> Craig Sanford walked around the corner, and he was like, "Yep." Mm-hmm. So I'm just like processing things in a kinesthetic way. Mm. You know, there's there's this guy Gardner who talked about the multiple intelligences. There's like social yeah. intelligence and musical intel- intelligence and kinesthetic intelligence. Mm-hmm. And this idea that like if you do well on your SAT and you have all A's in these classes, et cetera, that means you're smart. But like Gardner's idea is like there's so many different. So many. And I don't know if Gardner's yeah. work is dated now. I haven't really looked at it in a while. But it's totally true. Yeah, the kinesthetic. Uh-huh. Like, I am a kinesthetic social learner. Mm. Like, that's why I like to write things down, because it has to go through my body. Like, I really? have to, I have to pro- I process the world through my body. And so I can give words to it sometimes. Martha Graham said, if, uh, something like this, I'm going to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could speak it, I wouldn't dance it. Mm-hmm. And I think humans just need lots of ways of expressing themselves. That's true. That's that's very true. And that's very interesting. I've definitely seen this research on multi-facets of intelligence, and I totally agree with it. And I think that's one thing with education, and that's one thing we we need to do more is to put more emphasis on that, Mm -hmm. you know, intelligence is not only measured on grades. Yeah. And grades... Yeah. They they measure such small and 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 only measures how yeah how how good are you at mm-hmm. dealing with like doing a test or something like that and right. especially for like countries like China or like, you know um, or like Eastern countries it's all about testing yeah, yeah. I mean and in the U S there's this whole there, like yeah in U S there's like standardized testing, testing and all yeah. that I think with boarding school we're definitely shifting away from it and I think the sort of direction of education here is sort of sh- Western education is definitely more free than mm-hmm. um, Eastern education. Yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah, like with standardized testing, you don't really get to know the person at all. And right. and it doesn't prove that they're not intelligent. They're just not good at testing. Right, you know? right. And, and that, it, measures, yeah. it measures something, right? It measures something that can be really applicable mm-hmm. to, thi- to things in the world that might yeah. equal success. Yeah. But, you know, someone can have like a very mathematical brain. Yeah. And not have to work very hard to be able to do X, Y, and Z and do yeah. very well. Yeah. And they may have zero social skills. <laughs> yeah. Right? There are other people who might not, might really <laughs> struggle with math stuff, but yeah. they have a way to just be in community and be with people. Yeah. And that's a different... And both are very important. Exactly. Every, so, yeah. And with, with dancing, it's very important too. And you mentioned about kinesthetic and social. And I, I think that, I thought that was very interesting. And I want to break it down step by step. Yeah. If that can. So, can you elaborate more about kinesthetic learning? How do you, what is your way of processing and what goes through your mind when you're processing something kinesthetic? Or it's just, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I just move it and I feel it. Move it and you feel it. Yeah. So, say a word to me. Um, uh, cool. um, drink water. Right. Like I can just, ah. m- I, I don't think, oh, I'm going to move my body this way. I'm like, oh, drinking water. Okay. 
That's true. Or it, you can't you, see that. I just moved my body like drinking water yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, it's on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> but I, if I'm having big feelings, I'm really upset. I need to go for a run. I need to lie on the floor. Mm-hmm. I need to like shake my hands, and I, I just I feel things in a physical way. Mm-hmm. And if I can move with it, mm-hmm. sometimes it's easier than talking about or putting words to it. Mm, also, like in kinesthetic learning. Um, if you're in a lab where you're like holding things and, and pouring things and touching things, that'll, you know, that'll like poke at your brain in different ways than maybe reading about doing it. Mm, you know, that's very true. Like if someone tries to teach you something, okay, here's this iPad, you, you don't get to see the iPad, but in order to do this thing on the iPad, and they you're going to push the red button yeah. and then you're going to do this thing, yeah. right? You have to kinesthetically physically do that. Definitely. Right. Yeah. And I think. Like you said right there, everyone has this skill. Everyone, I think everyone has, definitely you, you're probably, if, if there's a spectrum of people who are, you know, who te- who use this as a way of learning, you're definitely on the scale of, you know, use it a lot. Yeah. But everyone does and everyone, yeah. everyone needs it too. So if you think about like little kids in a preschool. Yeah educational system mm-hmm. like their setting mm-hmm. they're going to use blocks they're going to use toys they're yeah. gonna, you know toys, they're not yeah. just going to have like numbers on a piece of paper or on a whiteboard yeah it's a it's a physical thing it's a physical thing and that's really important and and w- what do you mean by social learning too that goes with kinesthetic social so as a dancer yeah as a someone who does collaborative art yeah being in community with people moving with people sharing ideas while moving, my brain is like, yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, give me a book to read something, and I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll try. <laughs> right? I'll have to like draw a picture about it. Or, um, yeah. So, kinesthetic and social dance classroom is set up for that, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, years ago, I had someone come observe my class, and they're like, "Wow, you really move around the room a lot." I'm like, "Well, of course we do. It's a dance class." <laughs> it's like there's certain things, like in a traditional class, where you're like all sitting in rows and seats. Where mm-hmm. in those sort of settings, teachers need to think, "Oh, I need to get them up and moving a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I need to get them talking." You know, they they say, "Talk to your partner." That's mm-hmm. social learning, right? Mm-hmm. When you are t- turning to your partner to talk about something that you just read or something that has happened in class. Yeah. And both are important too. Absolutely. Because if you just like there, there are studies that have compared lecture learning versus you know discussion based learning, mm-hmm. and it has shown that discussion based learning is far more effective than yeah. lecture learning. Because with socializing, you have to maintain active. If you're yeah. just sitting there passively, just taking notes or just like you know just mm-hmm. sitting there without interaction, you you tend to lose focus very yeah. fast. There, I mean, every every person's their own. They have their own Definitely. learning style. And yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the teachers, most, most important thing, yeah. If we can, as teachers, do a lot of different things, mm-hmm. it's because there's some students who are not going to want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. They would rather hear the lecture, take the notes, do the test, and do mm-hmm. great, right? Mm-hmm. So... As it's teachers, it's our mix, job. Mix yeah. of things, yeah. yeah, and definitely it it comes to understanding students and and as a dance teacher and. Well, uh, with dance, such a collaborative form of um, art, you definitely need to, and, and, and with a group of people, you know, you definitely need to sort of understand your, your students mm-hmm. and make sure that they're in good harmony. So how do you sort of, what is your approach of understanding your 
um, dance students and keep them in harmony and, mm -hmm. you know, get a great yeah. interaction. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think everything is in relationship and mm -hmm. not every student is going to like the way I teach mm -hmm. and not every student is going to really like being in the same classroom with other individuals, mm -hmm. right? So I do a lot of, um, we do a lot of checking in and talking. It's not just come in and dance and execute movement. Mm -hmm. um, students need to know each other and, and trust each other before they're willing to, you know, pick up an instrument and start yeah. playing an instrument. Like yeah. there, there has to be a level of, of comfort and mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. um, I try to build that in. Sometimes it just happens that like, like, hey, how was NMH 360 today? And we'll end up talking for two hours instead of actually dancing. And that's just as valuable as learning some brand new piece of movement material. Mm -hmm. um, we're humans, you know. Mm -hmm. We're not always have to be like the human being, like the human doing, the human, human dancing, the human <laughs> discussing, right? Like yeah. dancers are not just these one-dimensional like robots. Come, do the drill, stretch like that's just not how it goes yeah. right if yeah. we're going to be making dances about like big societal issues or personal issues there's got to be a level of just trust building definitely and that, i mean that's dance company there's six days a week and we're we're building dances we're creating yeah. art together um in my classes we try i try to have like fun and i also like to be the goofiest person in the room <laughs> you know like if if i'm doing the most awkward things mm -hmm. i don't know Maybe maybe it doesn't fly with some students, but it's just like it's okay to just be who you are. Like Definitely. bring your authentic self, and mm -hmm. that's just right. Definitely, and with with you said with building with for example dance company, you spend that much time together and you. Um, build this trust uh, with each other you as a teacher you definitely understand your peers or sorry you're you're like dancers yeah. a lot right and do you spend extra time trying to get to know their personal life too what, what's your approach of a teacher dance dancer I, relation and how do you how do you view that relationship um well there are some students who've been in dance company for a couple of years yeah so it's over the course of a year and in the beginning i don't People will share what they want to share when they're ready to share it. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of times we'll all like give a prompt about something we're going to work on and they'll mm -hmm. journal about it. And it's not my business. If they want to share it with me or the group, great. Mm -hmm. But I just really respect people's boundaries that way. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of getting to know each other again, like we're, we were doing a, a partnering thing the other day and, mm -hmm. you know, like they are just in each other's spaces all the time. And I know who's uncomfortable with touch and I mm -hmm. know who's uncomfortable with um, having to learn things on their own. I know mm -hmm. like, and part of that is I, I've, I've heard them talk about it and part of it is me witnessing and knowing what kind of learner they are. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. Oh, no, it definitely does. In terms of getting to know their personal lives, I see them a lot, you know, like mm -hmm. that, in like that before class, after class, and you know we we chat during class. Mm -hmm. Things will they'll walk in and I'll be like, "How are you doing today?" And then they'll share it with me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, you just put me on your map." <laughs> I appreciate knowing that because it'll help me like be a better teacher for them if I know something big is happening in their life. Yeah, whether it's right. joyful or challenging or whatever. Yeah, and that sort of was what was the question that I was about to ask you, and you were touching base on it. Is you know with dance. 
I, I don't know, but maybe for some people, like with performances or with a bunch of rehearsals, it may get really stressful mm -hmm. and say, um, you know, there's a big test coming up or something big happened with their family. You know, how do you promote physical and mental well-being mm -hmm. with with your um, with your team dance at a dance I company mean, or with your dance company yeah. or with even with your classes, too? Yeah, I think, you know, we just have to be gentle with each other. Yeah. I think a lot of NMH students have this idea that they have to get an A on everything and show up for everything. And, like, God forbid you are having a really hard day or you have a cold or you have to go home because something's happening in your family. I think that, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just trust the students. If they're going to ask for something, that I trust that they need it. Mm -hmm. um, if if things are, like, I don't know. I, I just ultimately at the center of it is care. Mm. And I know that the students in dance company, they care about the company. They care about the um, the work that we're making. They care about our upcoming performance. They care about each other, even though they're not best friends. Yeah. Um, and if someone says, I need to go home to take care of this, or I need to take a mental health day or whatever, mm -hmm. I think that it's important to believe them. Mm. Definitely. You know, no, that's, like that's, I just, yeah. I think that this is all made up. Mm -hmm. This like school is all made up, <laughs> right? Like you're a human being. You could live somewhere else, completely entirely different place on the earth. Mm -hmm. And this whole thing, does it really matter? Like yeah. ultimately if someone is like having a physical challenge or a mental challenge or an emotional challenge, like what's, how important is doing those steps this day? I totally agree with you, and I think you meant you're on you're onto a great point that mental health takes precedence of everything. You know, if we if we don't have mental health, how can we do anything? Mm -hmm. Like it it is the it is the basis, the fundamental. It, you, yeah. If you're healthy, you can learn. If you're healthy, you can um, progress. You can have joy. You can have mm -hmm. great social connections. If you're yeah. not mentally in a good place. And you're dragging yourself and forcing yourself to do everything. It, it, you're you're not progressing well. And yeah. there's so much so much research on how how important mental health mm -hmm. is and and mental health. I think this is what I think. I think our school actually needs like a class called mental health. Mm. And to just to teach, you know, skills that that it, because I believe mental health could be a skill too. Yeah. You know, to to learn how to deal with um inner emotions mm -hmm. and to be healthy i think that's the yeah. most essential thing and i'm and i'm there i mean there is cl the health class but i i just i'm just curious why we don't have something that's directly there's this thing to. called social emotional learning yeah and you know there's there are a lot of public schools where it's like you have to embed it in mm -hmm. and i would i would bet that a lot of your teachers are very intentionally putting that into their lessons. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe not. Um, mm -hmm. I know the way that I approach teaching dance, mm -hmm. that's like at the core, mm -hmm. right? Individuals, their authentic selves, being careful, mm -hmm. being careful, yeah. like yeah. physically careful, meaning mm -hmm. teaching strong technique, holding people to high standards in terms yeah. of, we need to work on this with your technique. We want to get those turns around. We want to get those leaps higher, all those things, right? We can do mm -hmm. that, but we also can care for like someone's emotional connection in, in that space. But yeah. like that whole, you were saying like, how do I um, like, I don't know what your word was, but 
I think mm-hmm. about holding students to high standards because mm-hmm. sometimes someone might be having a down day. And I'm like, you know, why don't you give it a try to dance? And they might feel better, mm-hmm. right? To not just be like, oh, you're having a down day. Mm-hmm. Bye, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. You know, I think it's nuanced, but. Yeah, understanding yeah. is so, so important. As or just being open to hearing it, right? Yeah. And I, you know, people might listen and be like, wow, she just doesn't actually do that. I hope I do. That's the, that's the standard I want to hold myself to of like really – if student a student comes to me and says, I'm needing support around X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. I think the fact that they even came and said that is often like a huge step. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would prefer that too, right? You would yeah. prefer yeah, them yeah, to yeah. tell you what's up it, instead of you trying to figure it out from the outside and guessing and, and often yeah. you would you might guess wrong. When I was a teenager, I was just like avoidant. Yeah. Like, I didn't do that paper, so I'm going to see if I can, like, skip that class. And da, 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 da. <laughs> For me, I would rather have a student say, hey, I had a really hard weekend. I don't have the paper in. I'd be like, okay, let's, let's talk about a plan. I'd much rather that than, like, have to sort of, like, find someone and be like, hey, chasing you down again. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know that students always get that from teachers, of yeah. that understanding of, like, okay, let's, let's work out a plan that works for you. I think teachers. Definitely a lot of teachers are very understanding. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, there are, there are still definitely teachers who are pretty strict. Yeah. And, you know, it's everyone has different preferences and For you sure. can't force anyone yeah. to do anything. Yeah. But I think, but then there, I still see the avoidance though. I still see like, you know, in classes, yeah. people don't do the work and some people are just, yeah, yeah I had this. In. But like yeah. some people are, are straight up and they say, oh, I just didn't finish. I just yeah. need, I just need more time. Honesty then, is so cool. And then, but then, <laughs> but then most of the situations, the teachers are like, oh, yep, thank you for letting me know. Yeah. Totally understand. Yeah. Please do your thing. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a great thing. Um, I do want to move on to mm-hmm. ask you some questions about, um, you did mention with ADD and mm-hmm. with learning, you sort of learn things differently and you learn slower and in, in, like you mentioned with dancing at the start that you yeah. you can't really learn on the spot and you have to learn differently so how how wh- what what's the what's the issue behind it and, yeah. and how do you cope with it yeah for me um some of my add looks like you walk into my kitchen and all the cupboards are open Mm. because I needed a snack and I was hungry and I opened all the cupboards and then I went to the kitchen and then my dog was barking and then I went upstairs because I remembered I needed to get that thing that I wanted to bring to school tomorrow. And <laughs> then I come downstairs like, oh, look, I left all the doors open. So there's just sort mm-hmm. of that kind of level of the brain goes in multiple ways. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of dancing, I think dancing is a place for people mm-hmm. with ADD because we are moving. There's stimulation. The dopamine is just like flying around. Like I'm going to feel good. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to feel the ground. I'm going to hear the music. I'm going to have that for, you know. Yeah. So that feels great. Um, in terms of learning dances for me, I when I went to UMass, I put myself in the back of every line because mm. I was like, I don't know it. I can't go in the front. And mm-hmm. I relied on just sort of watching other people. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, I had a professor say, Gretel, you know, you might do better if you stand in the front. But I was terrified of being in the front because I didn't know it. Mm. Um, but putting myself in the front, I was no longer watching other people. And I had to rely on my own brain to process the information and put it into my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
that time, like the, my learning of that is it, my learning of dance material is maybe different than how my ADD presents in sort of like, if you look in my backpack, it's like mulch in there. (laughs) Um, If you go to my office, you can tell my office right now is my house right now is really clean, (laughs) but my office is just a hot mess. Um, So like there's things that, you know, I can be really organized about time and space. Great time and energy and relationships within space, dance, choreography. Great. Mm -hmm. The things on my desk, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can see on my desk. (laughs) It's it's not clean. Um, How do you cope with it then? How do you, wh- wh- what's your conscious efforts in combating um, dealing with ADD? Mm. Um, I think having a lot of like clearly structured time frames in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, if I know I'm teaching my B block, I'm in there. I might get distracted by someone walking, a, you know, walking through the hallway, or I might also like have an idea about something, then I tell some tangential story to my students. Mm-hmm. Um, that, the, that happens, but it's not like, it doesn't get in the way of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn early on how to create systems for like paying my bills and <laughs> not losing appointments. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm actually like really good at that because mm-hmm. I've practiced it so much. Um, I also, I grew up in a house where I had to kind of take care of my parent and I also had to take care of younger siblings mm-hmm. and then I ended up having three kids. And so like I created systems and structure mm-hmm. like to make that work for me. Mm. Like I, I love a good structured plan. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I think I totally agree that it's definitely a skill and definitely people can work on that too. Mm-hmm. And yes, for me, it's definitely a struggle too. I, I can t- totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. Like my, um, my desk is a horrible mess too. Um, I, you know, um, like you can see right, right here, there's some stuff flying over the place. But I didn't bring my backpack, but I could show yeah. you the mulch. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like smushed things. <laughs> like at the if I went to Casa, they'd be like, "Let's see what's in that <laughs> backpack." Mm, I don't know. Yeah, and definitely structure is is something that people can can create and people can learn, and and mm-hmm. it's. It takes practice too, yeah. And it's with everything, you know. It, it, like executive functioning is a skill, absolutely. And you know, maybe yes, maybe you are, um, you know, born slightly differently and may not be, no, w- w- may not have the same mind as everyone else, but mm-hmm. you can still make conscious efforts yeah. to to deal with it. Yeah. And then it's actually a gift after you do that because with ADD, you know, like what do you think are the benefits that it, it has brought you? Oh, because I, am, I can definitely, I am super lot. creative. <laughs> I'm really creative. And I think that I, sometimes my non sequiturs and my randomness actually brings some joy to the world because mm-hmm. I'm like not afraid to act like a chicken in the middle of the day. And not everyone with ADD wants to act like a chicken in the middle <laughs> of the day, but <laughs> I think it's my, my brain sort of like jumping into different things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was making dinner last night and I remembered this dance thing that we're doing where they're using their elbows and their shoulders. Yeah. And I was just like in my kitchen doing it. Not because I was working on the dance, but just because it you were just feeling seemed it. right, you know? <laughs> it just seemed right. And, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, yes, speaking of energy you bring, uh, or bringing energy and positivity, you definitely do that. 
and you know whenever you wherever you are I, if if you if you know Gretel you know you you can always hear Gretel's positive voice yeah. and the, the the smiles and the energy you know it you, doesn't mean I'm not ever grumpy of course everyone does yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can definitely just bring that yeah and it's it's a gift in some yeah sense I think too. I think it is and I think that that's something I was maybe born with like temperamentally and then it's also something that has served me well like it opens mm-hmm. doors because I can like I think I generally make people feel comfortable in my space mm-hmm. and it's not something that there's a science to yeah right yeah there, wait what do you mean by science well it's not like well this is these are the ways that I'm going to invite people into the classroom and make them feel comfortable in here yeah Right. There, there are science, like, there is a science to some of that stuff. Like you could mm-hmm. study the specifics of it, but mm-hmm. I think because of sort of my personality and the way I am in the world, mm-hmm. um, I can also, because I'm acting like a chicken, make other people feel very, 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 very uncomfortable. <laughs> like who is that person being, doing that chicken thing in the middle of campus? Right. <laughs> so That's both true. and yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nothing, things aren't always linear. Yeah. And I mean, but it comes back to the point that you were talking about authenticity. Yeah. You know, you're just being yourself and mm-hmm. you are bringing the energy with, with by being yourself. Yeah. And you're not pretending. That's why you're so passionate. Yeah. There have definitely been times in my life and still situations where I'm like, ooh, I need to like shut down the me mm-hmm. in order to feel like I fit in or to sort of do the right thing societally here. <laughs> um, but I would say most of the time I am... I, and I feel lucky that I am in a place in my life where I can uh-huh. be my authentic self and it doesn't mean I'm like going to lose my job or because I'm just a little bit weird. Yeah. You know, like I, I feel like I, I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, because of the structure and the things that I do and the ways that I communicate, mm-hmm. it sort of makes way for me acting like a chicken. But if I were <laughs> acting like a chicken all the time and I wasn't showing up for meetings and I wasn't getting my grades in and I wasn't being accountable. Yeah. Right. And how do you sort of find the balance between um, the the crazy self or like the yeah. uh, the ADHD self to the normal self? And how do you keep calm at times where you need calm? How do you restrain yourself? <laughs> well, and actually, you know, all this chicken thing. I don't know that I've, I've been acting like a chicken, but <laughs> you know that example. Shannon, that that balance. <laughs> it's just a balance. You know, it's yeah. it's a. It's not something I really think about. I definitely can know that if I'm like feeling emotionally overwhelmed or if I'm goofing off a little bit too much, Mm. um, I think I have a pretty good gauge of like, okay, this is goofy time and this is not goofy time. Mm. Definitely. You know, and I teach ninth graders and man, they need goofy time. (laughs) They need absolutely like, and I mean, 12th graders, you need goofy time. Everyone needs, everyone needs goofy time. (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes things are just so serious and so earnest. And you know, I've like, I've seen, I don't want to swear. I've seen some stuff in my life that's been hard and serious. Uh Right. And I have sometimes when things have to be really earnest and really like heavy. Yeah. But staying there all the time just doesn't, it, I don't, I'm thankful I'm not always there in that mindset. Yeah. You know? And both both are important at yeah. different situations. It, it's Absolutely. very situational. Absolutely. You know, if, if, you know, definitely, if there's a big thing going on or right. if an important issue popped up, you can't just be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, Absolutely. Yeah, like you, you have to calm down certain, certain periods. But mm-hmm. you, yes, at 
definitely it's very situational um, I'm and someone who's like can be overly responsible like I feel like everything's my responsibility and I gotta really? like take care of things and then but I also can be silly why, why would you why would you feel that oh Is it just, just a personality thing when you say or <clears throat> it could be personality thing it could be the way I was raised it could be you know mm-hmm. you know being a woman mm-hmm. and like women are expected to do a lot of things in you know in American society mm-hmm. um like, I'm responsible for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for that person's feelings. I'm mm-hmm. responsible for that mess in my kitchen. I'm responsible for <laughs> taking care of my car. I'm responsible for climate change. I'm responsible yeah. for, you know, like. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, I, that, that's a really great thing, though, mm-hmm. that you take on such, such responsibility. I am not yeah. going to solve climate change. I will try yeah. to do my part. But, you know, I think there's some things that are, like, I could just chill out and be like, Gretel, it's not. And I've gotten I've gotten better about, like, I don't need to f- to fix all these different things. I can leave certain things alone and know, like, what's my place? What's actually my responsibility? And, and what do you think is the important... Uh, and how do you find that importance? Or how do you, how do you, how did you find the inner peace with yourself? Did, is it through prioritization? Is it through, you know, self-talk? How did you find that inner peace of, at times, for example, it, it, I think this, this goes with everything that you sort of talked about. For example, controlling your chicken self. <laughs> <at time. laughs> or or go, going with like taking responsibility or going with yeah. like, you know, trying to calm down and and being very serious like well, how how yeah. do you find that inner peace and how do you control yourself to do it at certain yeah. times so i have been working really hard on doing some like inner child healing mm. um i don't know if you thinking about like that inner child is the like the playful i want to pretend i'm a chicken <laughs> um but also that like i was someone who was parentified so i had to take care of my parents right so mm. i had like too much responsibility as a kid when I was a child, I had too much responsibility, oh, really? right? So okay. I learned all that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding that balance, like, I think there are times in my life where I've been, like, so far in the, like, I have to take care of everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's no space for the chicken. <laughs> I love that the chicken's been a thing. Actually, my, my grandmother, so here's my ADD. My grandmother... Mm-hmm. My Nana Pearl, she was in a nursing home and they had her on some like new medicine that gave mm-hmm. her chicken hallucinations. So I would go visit her and she'd say, Greddy, get on my bed and look in the ceiling. So I'd be, like stand on her bed and like open up the ceiling. And she's like, I have a golden chicken in there. So maybe I'm channeling my Nana. <laughs> okay. So back to what I was saying. But that balance of like, how do I, how do I balance the responsibility and the playfulness? I don't have the option to just be a chicken all the time. I have I have a job. I have to take care of myself. I have to take care of my family. I have three kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I I need to I have two dogs. I got I gotta take care of them. I gotta yeah. show up for them. I yeah. gotta get up in the morning and take them out. Yeah. Um when I'm not allowing myself to have fun, mm-hmm. um I, I just need to have fun and play and it's okay. Yeah. You know? That's that's very important too yeah. for people to understand that playing is fine. Playing is so much fun. We got to do it. Yeah. yeah, and it's important too. Yeah, because 
you have fun and you you are in a mental mentally great place, mm-hmm. you you tend to be more productive and you yeah. you know it's it goes back to the work too. But you you're more happy with your life and you're more satisfied in mental health. Like we talked about, yeah. so important. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 in like I turned fifty this year, Shannon. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And happy, I'm ha- I'm happy, happy happy birthday then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the year. I was born the year of Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade, nineteen seventy-three. Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Oh. Nineteen seventy-three. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we actually just had an ethical debate on Roe v. Wade. Mm. Um, yesterday. Yeah. It was just interesting. Anyways, coming back. That's to another whole podcast. That's another whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. <laughs> but I don't think how I, I can be in that podcast because I don't know enough. I can't yeah. say enough. Yeah, no. But just room for learning. Yeah. No, I I totally agree because because. Um, that relating my experience to your experience too, there are times where I try to take myself out and not be the, you know, the hype man or the, the excited guy, the happy guy around yeah. campus. And, yeah. and yeah, like I need that times too. You know, I can't be, I can't be the energetic Shannon every single day. No. It's impossible. No. And you know, it's draining too. But if I completely take that part away from me first of all i'm not being authentic and second of all i actually feel worse right. and i actually i actually perform worse yeah whether in soccer or you know the because like you know like right now with soccer i'm playing so much better and i think one big reason is i sort of figured the inner piece out and figured the 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 team dynamic out because before i would be really quiet you know yeah. not not really a talkative guy in the team mm-hmm. and i would be putting a lot of stress on my shoulders because I'm keeping everything to myself. But Mm -hmm. now I'm sort of letting it out more, trying to like showing my personality more and I enjoy it and I have fun and I interestingly just perform better too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just, you know, I love that you're talking about mental health so much and also finding that balance and that peace. Yeah. And like, that's not something that I was talking about in my high school years when I was your age. Yeah. Right. I was just sort of like, I need to like, do these things in order to achieve this thing yeah. and do this thing and not really having that self-awareness. Awareness. Yeah. yeah. That pause to be like, well, where's that thought coming from? Or what is this behavior about? Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, as I said, I just turned 50 uh-huh. and I'm, I don't know. I still don't know. I don't know why I do the chicken and the color coded <laughs> like daily schedule, <laughs> like that, yeah. the balance of that structure and that, that, yeah unbridled chickenness. Um, <laughs> Maybe like, you just you just care about the community and you want to make people around you happy. I want to I want to do the I want to be proud of myself at the end of the day. Yeah. I want to know that I've made choices that have my best interests. Like mm. I am taking good care of myself and then I'm also taking good care of my community. I'm taking care of dancers, I'm taking care of my advisees, I'm taking care of my families, but also mm-hmm. making it so that I'm not like controlling them. Definitely. Right. Finding the they balance, have to yeah. figure out how to care for themselves as well. But mm-hmm. as a person who is, you know, I am in charge of certain things or. Yeah. And you have responsibilities. Yeah. To it. But what I was going to say is like, it's, it's, I don't have it figured out yet. <laughs> like it, I, in, a, in a year, I hope that I have a different awareness of myself mm. because it's not a fixed thing. Yeah. In this moment. And I heard from, um, I forgot where I heard this from, but I, but um, I was listening to a guy on YouTube and he was talking about how self-improvement isn't necessarily about 
improving like physical things or it, it's it's more about improving self-awareness yeah and because once you are more aware uh yeah i remember simon Sinek was the guy who talked about it but um he was just saying that once you're more aware of yourself i think that he says the most important thing so that you can be in control of yourself and you can do things to the best of your potential and the, he, he thinks that's the essential of self improvement. Mm -hmm. i totally agree yeah. and it's what you were saying about self-awareness and you know and 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 i think we're we're we as education is definitely progressing forward that we mm -hmm. are raising these awareness and i think we can definitely do it to a better extent where you know we actually like talk about it more or like have yeah. classes about this specifically but mm -hmm. um Anyways, it's but great to talk about feelings. Like, how did great. this lesson it's, it's How important. did this math problem feel? Yeah. And some people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about my feelings. I just want to do the math problem. But, you know, maybe both and. Definitely. Yeah. I think this this was uh, perfect. We, we started off with uh, your experience with dance teacher and then mm -hmm. with dancing, talking a little bit about dancing, and all the way went to, to ADD and also about mm -hmm. mental health. Yeah. I think this was this was great, great journey. And I have... Uh, this is sort of the last section of the podcast where yeah. I asked you three final questions. Okay. Um, and it's the final three. So are you ready for the fireway? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> <Ta -da. laughs> so the first question for you. Oh, it, it, there has to be like a drum roll. No. Oh, yeah. The first question is, what do you think the bigger picture of life is? I, uh, I can rephrase that a little bit yeah. if you want. Yeah, sure. Um, what do you think the meaning of life is and what do you think you contribute to the <laughs> very official yeah, life? That's okay. Oh, it's this sort of your question of the, what's the why? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I just think that positive connection and ways of being authentically yourself is really the way of being in the world. Um, this is not very articulate. Let's start again. Mm -hmm. As someone who didn't know that I would live until 50, mm -hmm. like I just never pictured myself to be 50. <laughs> really? Like, and kind of for dark reasons, Shannon, you know, <laughs> like I didn't, like I couldn't imagine myself living that long. Mm. Like I just hadn't, I just had no picture of it because everything was just so in the moment. Mm. Like this decision is going to be this next decision about how I like handle the situation might be life altering or life changing. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to relax and be in it and trust mm -hmm. and also have structure so that you can survive. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Structure is so important. Yeah. You mentioned it so many times today. Connection and community. I love, I love structure. I love a nice structured improvisation and then I can do whatever I want within the structure Yeah, and have freedom within the structure. But so much about is like connection and community, community and yeah. being um, being in spaces where you can bring your full self and that you're helping create spaces where other people can be them full self their full selves. Definitely, that's a great answer. Um, second question, which you sort of touched mm -hmm. on uh, with with your previous answer, but what are some non-negotiable values that you have? For your living. Mm, Non-negotiables. Um, what did I say when you were setting up something about, I'm pretty relaxed, I'm pretty chill. Mm -hmm. And 
but not all the time. Yeah. And when it comes to hate, Mm -hmm. I have zero space for hate. Mm -hmm. Um, Non-negotiables are honesty and Mm -hmm. communication. Mm -hmm. And if someone brings something into my world that is hateful, I'm going to address it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also know that people have situations that they're armed with all sorts of challenging things that might look like hate in their behavior, Mm -hmm. but ultimately underneath it, there's probably something, there's probably hurt. Yeah. Right. Um, So yeah, a a non-negotiable is when hate, when I see hate, I'm going to address it. Yeah. It doesn't mean, oh, there's hate, get out of my face. (laughs) Yeah. It's more like, let's, let's unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, Love it. The last question, if there's one thing you can say to a younger version of yourself, if there's one advice you can give it to her, what would it be? Mm, That goes to that inner child healing thing again. (laughs) Oh, Oh, younger me. You're going to be okay. It's going to be hard. It's going to get harder. Yeah. Then it's going to get even harder. (laughs) But there's going to be joy along the way, and it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah. That's the most important message that you would you you say. It's going to be all right, and also you are worthy. You are brilliant. You are important. You are just you are just fine the way you are. So stay authentic. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. This this was a great experience with you and great conversation with you. How how did you feel? I feel great. Did you have a good time? I here? did. You asked really good <laughs> questions and Thank I you. felt comfortable. You yeah. created a space where I felt comfortable. <laughs> I try my best. Sharing myself with you. Right? Yeah, I try my yeah. best. And uh, did it feel fast too? It just went by. Yeah, because it was just by. a great conversation. Yeah, it was just a, so a just casual hour. <laughs> yeah, casual hour. Love yeah. it. Thank see. you so much for coming today. And for listeners, thank you all so much for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.